everyone and welcome to the Grumpy Pony podcast. So in this episode, I was absolutely chuffed to get um, Ronnie from Mantic Games to come on and speak to me. Now, that is huge because, you know, Ronnie, he's a busy man. He's got things he needs to do. So if you don't know who he is, he is the CEO of Mantic Games. So, um, you know, he took the time to come and speak to me and we got a good good opportunity to talk about Kings of War, Armada, Mantic as a business, you know, how he's been during lockdown um, and it was just a great chat all round. I really enjoyed it and we did have a, a little bit of a technical issue just towards the end of the podcast so you might find just at the end it just drops out a little bit um, but so hopefully it doesn't affect it too much but um, I really hope you enjoy this one as always, this is an absolute pleasure to make. I'm really enjoying doing these podcasts and meeting such great people. And, you know, the the, the people that are taking the time to, to talk to me, I, I can't thank them all enough. So thanks again um, for subscribing and I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay. Hi, Ronnie. Um, thanks so much for joining this podcast with me and uh, agreeing to sit down and have a chat. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for the invite. Thanks very much. Right. So first and foremost, I just want to get it out of the way. Um, obviously, it's the pandemic at the moment. So lockdown, we're not able to do things how we want to do them. Um, how how have you been sort of personally with it? Um, and how's how's Mantic doing in the podcast in the um, in the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, I personally and, uh, you know, We've done pretty well, as, as, as well as can be expected, you know. Um, in some ways, I can, you know, and the most important thing is that Mantic managed to stay open. Um, we looked at what was going on. We've got a very big offices and premises. And last year, before it all started, I'd been traveling and I'd seen, and we'd also been trying to bring stuff in from China to deliver a Kickstarter. So we re I realized there was something pretty serious going on. So just a couple of weeks before it all started, we actually, set up so everybody could work from home, that oh, okay. could work from home. So you're sort of ahead of the yeah, game there. Yeah, a little bit, you know, not blowing our trumpet, it's just you could tell what was going on. I thought, well, we don't need them in, you know, let's get them set up. Um, obviously not expecting what was actually going to happen and the, and the size of it, but I just said, well, if we get half the people out, we've half our risk, haven't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think it was really important during lockdown that, that people have things to enjoy and, and, and do and interact. And so we were fortunate enough, I checked the, the small print of the law very clearly and it just said if you're an online business not only be, should you can you stay open we, we want you to yeah. so we could set up you know we have 16,000 square foot and we had about six staff in there so um we you know we did everything we set it all up rob was working from home we gave away lots of free rules just tried to keep morale up and getting people engaged and, and and getting on with it because we were stuck at home so it was kind of that well that the time you wanted to do that hobby project. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you're working, there's no commute time. There's no going and seeing customers. There's no travel work. So, you know, I did a huge big Kings of War battle that I'd wanted to do for ages. So I got all the terrain ready for that. I took it all home from the office and tarted it up. Um, and, you know, I'm still now finishing some of the units off from it a year later. But, you know, I think we channeled on through. I think being able to stay open and, and stay engaged while people were at home was both appreciated and it took our mind off it. So in some ways for me, coming back to the question, it's not that different. Yeah. Um, I think we're really missing 
retail store visits, really missing the shows now. I think, you know, tournament scene, we lost the Clash of Kings, we've lost our second Adepticon now. Um, we're going to lose our second salute. So not getting out and seeing the community, getting out and meeting people, getting new people to try our games, you know, that's starting to take a toll. But at the same time, you know, we're doing a lot through the internet. People have, you know, have, have responded admirably and we're all kind of getting on with it. You know, there's been some universal battles where people are playing Kings of War online. It's yeah. not the same, but the community still gets to chat. You try to practice your new army. Um, so you know what to paint and what to add to it. Yeah, so, speaking, yeah, speaking of, like when, when we went into the first lockdown, um, I, I, I played a couple of games of Kings of War and I've got a, um, well, I call them the Badger Riding Dwarf Army. So it's, yep. it's just pretty much all Brock Riders with some spears. Um, nice. But I found out pretty quickly that I get shot to bits. So um, yeah. my, my, my brother says... Fun, very thematic. The problem with thematic armies is they usually get battered because the rules committee have made it so that actually things are fairly balanced. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so it was a good chance for me to actually have a look and say, OK, I'll, this is what I want to add. Um, so I've got some, I've got some dwarfs some gunners coming in. I think they're going to be added to that army. So hopefully by the time that's done, you know, Kings of War, I think uh, people watching that progress of me doing that through the first lockdown, I think actually got a lot of people into it. Yes, no, there's been, you know, there has been, and I think it's now getting people to get from there into giving it an actual try. That's that's the next step, isn't it? You've, you've had a bit of time, you may have rebased your old army or, or painted a new one, picked one up and done it. But then you actually yeah. want to get it on the gaming table and have a game of it. That's it. I, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen, I've had a few, because I, you know, I do a click and collect service and things like that. So I get a chance yeah. to speak to people every now and again about, you know, how they're doing and, and what they're up to. And, and a few people have said, you know, they've tried sort of, you know, playing online, like digital versions of, of games and things, but it's yeah. just not the same because you don't have that sort of yeah. social part. And, and for me, you know, this hobby gaming is as much about the social side of it as it is about building and painting as well. So 100%. And I think it, 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 it's okay to try an army out. It's okay to, to catch up with those US guys that you've heard about from the UK and the, you know, but it is not, we, if you're playing this game at this age, it's because you like the social interaction, yeah. going down to a tournament, having some beers, chit chatting, you like the physicality of the soldiers, you know. Yeah. Paint, sitting here and painting is uh, is part of getting ready for that event. You know, it's um, like yeah, it, it, that's integral. And those other things are fine, short-term solutions, but they're not they're not what we got into it for. That's right. Yeah, like you say, it's, it's, it's a short-term. So yeah, you're sticking yeah. a plaster on it, isn't it? Yeah. And now it's a year, you know, since people have been to events. Yeah. It's coming up for a year since they last had their even friendly but friendly competitive PvP game of Kings of War. And, you know, one of the things we found in the first lockdown was how many, um, like in the first one, we did a special offer on The Walking Dead and lots of people bought it. You know, it made it very cheap, fine. But in actual fact, that's the type of game who said, well, you know what, I could get my partner, I can get my kids to play Walking Dead with me. You know, I'd play with my... 11 year old usually get whooped these days um but you could kind of play those games and it gave you some hobby things to paint a bit of terrain however 
if you like a good game of Kings of War, if that's your real hobby, if that's your weekend away, you don't play golf, you don't go fishing, you play Kings of War, you don't get that same experience. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, exactly. Machines and, um, yeah, that's the, that's the challenge is that it's getting a long time since we last did our real hobby, you know, what yeah. we signed up for. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I've seen some sort of really creative ways around it. And actually one... The one thing I did experience, which was which was really good, was um, we set up a dungeon saga game. Yeah. Okay. That's that how you could play. Yeah, we just had it sort of remotely. So, Brilliant. so yeah, like, we had, like, multiple multiple phones sort of put around it, so you could kind of yeah. see close up as possible as we could get it. Um, and then the dungeon master yeah. was the one who actually had the set, and he was basically. Right as we wanted it yeah. and we would do the rolling for our characters yeah. it worked it worked it worked all right you know we got we got a game out of it yeah well and it's also that social you get a game you also get to chat and it you know we overcome it don't we it's not yeah. what we want to do we want to get back and, and, and the pub and play but until then well at least i was i was playing a game yeah i was having fun and i was playing a game exactly and, uh, you know that's what i think we're really dying to miss yeah, uh, but we'll all have all of our armies painted, all of our skirmisher units painted, everything. Will be, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, one of the things, obviously, Armada's been well. From what I can see, it's been huge. Been yeah, well received. Um, well, I know it certainly was in in my shop. Um, Great. Really good, excited good, about good. it. Um, yeah. and and a couple of suggestions of people saying, could you or or will Mantic be creating sort of like a combined campaign campaign sort of set so you can sort of combine vanguard kings of war and armada in some way yeah well, there's a couple of things here i think the first thing we're definitely going to do is we're going to have a get started with vanguard um kind of live rig setup so i'm getting these painted and what we're going to do is the hardest thing to do with a game is the first three moves. Right. The, I'm, not, I'm not actually out of game. <laughs> and there's a lot of people that have now got these boats in and they just want to sit there and go, just talk me through this first couple of moves. What, what is the essence of the game? Then we're all veteran gamers. Once you've seen that, it'll be easy because it's not, you know, it, you know, it, it ships in water. It's just about that, that first. So I think that normally is done through your store. You know, people come in, you've got a little demo game set up. There's videos that people have got it at home and met up with their mate and done a video. And after a couple of months of a good game, there's usually half a dozen different videos talking you through those, just those first few steps we do them ourselves. And while we did it ourselves kind of professionally, we got sometimes just sat there and say, right, you know, idiot playthrough with Ron guide. <laughs> <laughs> and um I think we're going to try to set one of those up where we'll get Matt to just talk me through the first two or three moves. And we'll tell everyone, turn up, get your mat out, get your board out, get your ships out and do it with us. Roll the dice and go through yeah. it so that we can all learn those first few steps together. And I think that could be quite good fun. And uh, So I'm going to get that set up. So we're going to do that to get everybody going. I think in the summer, there's probably going to be some more fleets uh, and another book to introduce a few new aspects of, uh, of, of layering it up to the next level. And then and then from then on, very much, I, could, I was talking about the other day, I could really love to see 
a kind of combined uh, Panithor at War book yeah. next summer, where the scenario, the story touches all of them. There's enough fleets out, there's enough Vanguard factions out. There's Panithor at War, and you know by land, air, and sea, you uh, you know you you have a you have a good rub, and you, yeah. your army your army comes along and goes that way. Yeah, I, th I think there's definitely a, a desire for that that sort of book and you know rule set for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether whether, whether it's scenarios for all three at this stage, and then you know, we build it up, or we go straight to you know. But I love the fact that you know I've got my dwarf army, which as you can see is uh, is blue and green. That's the colour scheme. That's the dogs. Yeah, nice. Uh, as I was obviously not finished, and then here's my fleet. Uh, oh, I can just about see him. Just reverse way. I'm not good with my left and my right. There we go. There we go. Again, just mirroring the same colour scheme. Yeah. So you know, it's that kind of you know acts of sadness that those hobbyists love. Uh, you know, those acts of little wanton craziness. Well, uh, it's funny because yeah, because as soon as I saw him, I was like, well. My, my dwarf fleet's going to have to be the same colours as my, my dwarf army. Yeah. You just and have to go there, don't you? Yeah. Just what we do. They've got yeah, their own yeah. navy. Exactly. Yeah. Badges, but they've got their own navy. navy. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, uh, did you know that? Off you go. So, um, yeah. No, uh, yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's nice that they're all set in the same world and then whatever level, you know, obviously. The great thing about something like Vanguard and Armada is, you know, two box sets, 50 quid, you've got your fleet, a little bit more, you've got your rule book and your dice. Uh, but, you know, people will lend that to you while you're getting going and, and you're playing a game. It doesn't take yeah. a lot of time to get that painted up and you're properly doing up, doing the hobby. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, I, think, I think, you know, for things as well like Vanguard, it, it does yeah, sort of then. Yeah. It's a great sort of intro into what the Kings of War, not only what the models are like, but you know, also the, the game itself. It sort of teases a little bit as well. So yeah, I mean, I think there's yeah. That's, in some ways, I think when we first designed it, we thought Vanguard would be even closer to Kings of War. I think set in the same world, but there's quite a difference in terms of the gameplay. But the truth mm. was, we were going to end up compromising Vanguard as a game. If you're too slow and movement and stuff. So we said, well, look, make it its own game, make it great fun. But you're still, you know, you paint a few Basileans or you've painted a few Night Stalkers and anything. You know, and actually Martin, who set this up, had never played a war game, a war, an army's war game in his life. He always played yeah. skirmish games. Yeah. He's a really good painter. Don't tell him I said that. Um, and he loves painting eight to ten figures. So the idea of painting an army horrified him. Yeah. Really horrified him. But he got into Vanguard, painted up Vaselines, painted this and painted that up, painted the Night Stalkers. Suddenly I've got all my heroes. I painted two regiments. I could, next thing I know, he's got like 4,000 point Night Stalker army. It was absolutely fantastic. A couple of, because he just, you know, got him in there and got him going. And then actually I, I can do this. You know, the, 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 well, your models are not 73 pieces. And I don't need to paint my whole army up at, you know, Golden Demon standard. Rush with Death Standard. I need to get them painted on the gaming table. You say, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, a, it's an army game. Paint it as an army, give it a theme, base it up nicely, and it'll look cracking. Yeah. And that's manageable. 
Yeah, I, I love so, the, the the whole multi basing idea, you know, as well. That you've got the you know, you, each unit is its own has its own little character when you start doing that as well. That, that, for me, that totally changed it. I painted a green and uh, blue dwarf army in the past. I've actually put it on grey bases. Yeah, and and then you know, it's one of the real evolutions that when when I realised I'd only ever play Kings of War ever again, which was after the first edition. I had someone paint me a, an Abyssal Dwarf army. We've got the figures in and I sent it away. I didn't have time to paint at the time, uh, young kids and what have you. And then um, I got it back and I, but I got him to glue all of the figures to 20 mil bases and then stick 20 of them on a regiment base. When I came to do this army, you know, my Dwarf army this time around, I thought, what a waste. What a waste of an opportunity. And so this time the whole army is is on the basis. The base is part of the story. Yeah. And when you see it, the two things you see that tied together are the colour scheme of the figures and the, and the and the fact that all the bases tie your army in together. And that thematically, I love it. And when I go back and look at my old dwarf army, it just doesn't have that same army feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just a bit more disparate. And this really, and I think you know, you're seeing people now really taking it to the next level and it's just fantastic to see you know people are really great painters coming in and and, and and applying their skills to the base the army the theme the schematic and really enjoying what it gives them because you know you you've got a basically every single unit's a, a, a dire armor or, or a vignette yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly and they do i've seen you know i've seen it so, so many times now where what's on that base is actually telling its own little mini story on its own yeah. so that people will be like oh they're, they're night stalkers but they're going through like a cornfield and yeah you know, there's actual yeah. scarecrows they're hiding with the scarecrows and things like that yeah owls going through that there's one you know i've seen where they're going through a uh, a kind of autumnal um forest with ponds and lakes stunning you know as one of those you know, just some of the some of the stories that come some of some of the uh you know um trident realms one you know the fishmen great stories that you're now seeing carried into the you know army base uh an army movement tray and it's great really great to see um so, so as far as kings of war goes will you be well can, can you actually say or not but um will you be introducing more factions to kings of war i know there's been a couple of guys in my shop that have been asking about um, whether or not you'd be re releasing sort of like a Hobbit army or anything like that as an actual range. There we are. I definitely say watch this space. I definitely say don't go and start buying Hobbits. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I'd say just hold your horses just a few more months. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the things we're doing, what Third Edition gave us a chance to do again, was to look at where we wanted to go with Kings of War, what armies we wanted to do, what plastics we wanted to do. And what was quite nice is we could decide that, and then in the past we'd take it, we'd take it to Kickstarter, and we'd then have to just chunk on, deliver all of that, you know, very very quickly, and it all got to arrive, and then we shipped out, and it was such a logistical process, as opposed to an enjoyable hobby process that people could come along with you. Yeah. And so it's really nice having got Kings of War now to the stage where you know it's got its own global audience, and people are happy with what we're doing, that we can. Just so I think salamanders are just around the corner. There's Ratkin coming out, you know, 
literally on Monday. Uh, they're starting for Vanguard and then they'll be coming out for uh, for uh, Kings of War next month. So, yeah, we're really getting to do those armies and build those armies up and build that narrative up. So, yes, if they're asking you to do about Hobbit, I would say watch this space. And in a not too distant future, they may be very, very happy. The first oh, breakfast, second breakfast, early lunch, late lunch. Yeah, yeah well, but that, that, they definitely will be because they're, they're all for that. So, yeah. No, and we kind of dropped it out of that other army, um, out of the kind of kings of men, to, mm. to give it its own space to start developing. So, oh, I was going to say, so, so with Kings of War and Armada, are you looking to sort of match the races with with their own fleets? So, is every every race going to get its own fleet, or or not? Largely, yes but not slavishly. Right. So when there's a good story to be told, then then that's the next one we do. Yeah. Uh, there's a running battle about whether the Trident Realm should have one, because we, there's a few of us that think it should, because we think it'd be great. Uh, turtles popping up with weapons, platforms and harpoon guns. Yeah. Um, and then Matt Gilbert at the moment is being a, a grumpy old, uh, you know, games designer who say, well, it makes no sense. They'd just get all the whales to come up and eat everyone's fleets. And say, well, if they did that, no one else would ever sail, would they? So that doesn't stand to reason. You know, shut up. Um, <laughs> whales, are, whales are too stupid to, uh, to to pay attention to the instructions. And there's only certain creatures that you could actually take into battle and don't just go completely crazy. And anyway, it's fantasy. So shut up. We can make it up. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, there's no kind of just Elves are very big on the on the naval front, so you know wouldn't be at all surprised if they came up. Um, so yeah, we, on the whole, and it also gives us a chance. So coming out next month is the um, Empire of Dust. Yeah, which actually we kind of did as a conversions of our plastic into you know with some metal conversions, which is what I call a halfway house release. It's not the full. You know, we've not really taken the IP and made it our own. Yeah, we now just have with the uh, Ratkin. Yeah, you know, that's when we built our own backstory. They've got their own spin. They're no longer a kind of if you've got one of these armies, feel free to play it. They're now ours. We've decided what we're doing with them. And when we sculpt the plastic, we're at the races. Yeah, yeah. So you really take them. We did that with these. Uh... Yeah, we take them in our own direction, and you know. Once we do the plastic, you know, I've always had people, if you've got a, an import army, that's fine as they get you by. But we reserve the right to write the rules we want to write. Yeah. And if that means your army is redundant, tough, basically. Yeah. So we, we gave you a way in. You've tried the game. Hopefully, you'll want to add the units we want you to add. So, for example, as you've done with your dwarfs, you know, if you're going to insist on no cavalry in your dwarf army because they're not available from anywhere else, well, you might struggle because they're yeah. one of the tough units because they're, you know, they've got a great story now. They are nutters that go and ride around on, on their brocks. Yeah. It's a very important thing to do. Um, and so what became out of the, you know, kind of berserk, they very much took on their own life. And now they've got their own character and, you know, they're the, they're the crazy guys that ride around. So it, it's coming its own way. And that's nice. So Empire of Dust, we'd have half done it. But actually when we came to ships, we said, they look awesome. 
there's been quite a lot of the kind of wet undead zombies on boats and parts of the Caribbean. So we felt that had kind of been done, but no one had done the dry undead. Yeah. Uh, on sea. And so then we did those first. Instead of our regular ones, we did the new. And boy, they look fantastic. They come out next month, but by far and away, these have had the most comments and the most, you know, can't wait for those and the way that the magic works and everything else, just brilliant. Yeah, I've noticed myself, I've been getting a few messages about, um, that's where, because basically what happened before I started this with you, I, I put some messages out to the Grumpy Pony community and said, is there anything you want me to ask Ronnie? And I, right. been, I had a few people saying, Empire of Dust, can we? Can you talk about that a little bit? And I was like, yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> so they look great, they've got their own play style. And one of the things we did do with the game is the first four fleets are very different. You know, yeah. you've got your dwarfs, solid, slow, not sail powered, um, heavily armoured, heavily fought out, but very not easy to manoeuvre. Um, orcs, get in there and grapple. Come here, yeah. sunshine. Going to get in and get rough and tumble with you. And then the Basileans, classic human all round, solid at everything, not expert at any one thing. And then you've got your very magicked up Empire of Dust. Yeah. I talked about some rowing, so they have a bit more control, tight control, but uh, you know, a little bit fragile. So a really, really great looking and good fun to play army. Yeah. So with the Armada fleets, I know there's, there's going to be extra large ships as well, isn't there? Yeah. So we're getting everybody going with the first, getting four fleets out, so then there's kind of a good four different flavours to get started, you know, which we think is important. Get get some nice... And, and you know, for us, that's quite, quite a lot of sculpting, certainly a lot of casting, Yeah. Um, uh, to get very quickly to kind of critical mass. I don't think two armies is enough. Yeah. to give people enough choice to play something they want. Yeah, um, having that sort of range for people who say, you know, there's so many different play styles of different people, and you've got yeah. to sort of try and at least cater to a few of them, I think, yeah. Correct. If you get out to four, if you, you might, yeah, there's one of them that should play something like how you like to play. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a bit of everything, a bit heavier, a bit lighter, a bit more agile, a bit less. Okay, um, if you play all four of those and you don't like it, you probably just don't like the game. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put it that way. But if you you know if you pick what you like, but then actually it's about making sure there's somewhere else to go. And these big ships really do change the game. They move it on to the next level. It's it's adding kind of cavalry or artillery to a game that currently is only cavalry and infantry. Yeah. And suddenly artillery is turning up. Probably cavalry, I would say more. At the moment, you've kind of got your artillery and you've got your infantry. You know, you've got your, your ships of the line and your other little small things that can do fun stuff, yeah. different stuff. But they have their own weaknesses. You know, they can get blown out of the water quite easily. Suddenly, you've got this monster that comes along. To, monsters and cavalry, you know. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've got to think about that now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and so cool. all, four, all four fleets will get one each. So it's one... one. Yeah, right. one Excel, but I think in most cases you can build it two different ways. Okay. So that there's there's uh, generally I think the dwarf fleet actually is the one that doesn't. I think their big their main hero ship is one of the medium sized, one of the large, uh, which is the one that you can build the other way. But yeah. the other three, the Excel often comes with two, four, and aft cabins, 
and right. different noses. And you can either build it as a you know cruiser class or living legend name ship. Yeah. Which, okay. which game could be. Yeah, so it's almost like a hero character. Yeah, one second. Um, yes, exactly. It is a hero character. Yes. It's, yeah. Uh, uh, it's a conversion. So, um, what was I wanted to ask you next? So, yeah, I know you mentioned earlier a little bit about um, the, the Walking Dead and, and things like that, and you've got, you know, you've had the Walking Dead, I thought, did really well. Um, yeah. Well, that that I think I, I think I got for the shop. I think we went we only got a whole range of that when we first opened, yeah. and uh, yeah, it, and it did really well. Um, and you've got Hellboy as well. Um, yeah. What's the plan with the the licensed stuff? Is is that something you're going to continue doing? Is it going to be increasing that or? Yeah, we do we do do them. Um, but the same time as well, someone's left me a voicemail, so um, we do do them. And we, um, but we we do licenses we really really like, and we want to live with for a while. Yeah. And we think has some kind of resonance with our gaming community. So why did I really like The Walking Dead? We just still do. I'm going to show you as my you know, as five seasons five and six um, of The Walking Dead. Still, you know, I, I just love it. It's a really great game. But I'll tell you what I like about it. Most licenses that you get have the goodies and the baddies. Yeah. Uh, and there's not much else. And therefore, you don't get that variety that we were talking about, like, you know, within a month, of, within three months of launch, we've got four fleets out. Yeah. Four different play styles. You've got different choice. So when you've already got goodies and baddies, there isn't that variety to make an interesting war game. Yeah. What The Walking Dead had was actually goodies in three phases, which is, you know, young Atlanta Rick, Rick at Alexandria, yeah. Rick in prison outfit. So you can actually make the goodies different and they keep changing because they get, you get killing them off. You know, here's Tyrese, here's Michonne, here's uh, Maggie. But you've got, you've got progression through with a real change. Um, you've got the governor, you've got the whisperers, You've got Negan, you've got the Kingdom, you've got Hilltop with a variety of leaders. So all of a sudden, you really have got what you need to make an interesting war game. You know, yeah. skirmish war game, but war game nonetheless. And on top of that, the most dangerous bloody things on the battlefield are the bloody walkers that are walking around. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting over some trees and trying to get up some pride, you know, some loot. You've got to think about these bloody things that turn up and bite you. You know, yeah. If you get in, in a rumble with three or four of them, you're dead. Well, I mean, so, the, I, mind you, I, if you say you say that, you haven't you haven't played against my wife because I think she's the most dangerous person on that table when when we play that. That's yeah. how I sort of introduced her to that tabletop games as well. Yeah. And right. the first thing she asked me was, "Can I double cross you?" <laughs> and that's just yeah. like, right, well, that, that's not really the point, but yeah, I suppose you could. <laughs> it's the objective. Let's just go over one more time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, interestingly, I, I played my uh, the, the 11, and, 11 and a half. We were playtesting the new called the Call to Arms, a skirmish version, which I quite like that kind of war band, war gamey bit. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was chesting out with him, and we set it all up, 
And I thought, well, I'll just give him a, he hadn't played for a while. I'll give him a turn or two to get into it. And then off we go, you know, and I'll just, I'll just stay. And I was a little bit cautious and I was messing around a bit. And he got pop, boom. Pop, pop, boom. And I looked at the end of the first, and I thought, I better get my game on here. I'm, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think first turn, I thought, actually, he's doing all right there. I'm just going to get stuck in. By the end of the second turn, I thought, I really have to raise my game quite a lot here. <laughs> and by the third, third turn, I thought, I'm thinking I'm whooped. He's absolutely yeah. going to normalise me. Crowd <laughs> straight through, won the game. They said, all right, Dad, I'm off to play Xbox. I'll see you. Thanks. I'm like, oh, okay. There you go. So he owned me. He absolutely owned me. Brilliant. Yeah, I often find that's the way. As soon as I introduce someone else to a game, they, they just yeah. seem to immediately know it better than me. Yeah, bosh, bosh. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like I said earlier, I put the question out to some of the people in the Grumpy Pony community yeah. for things that they wanted to ask you directly. Sure. Um, the first one was, is Ronnie responsible for the end of the world because he finished his dwarves? Yeah, that's why. That's exactly why there's a few more units on here. <laughs> uh, because we all know the day you say, I've painted all my figures, I've painted everything I need to paint, the world ends. And I thought, I'm bloody close to finish my dwarf army here. Global pandemic. So yeah. I, I better start a few more units. Get some more on there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just to save the world. Ronnie saves the world by saying, no, I need to paint. But very good question. Yeah. Um, the other ones were, oh, yeah. Um, how is Mr. Rinky Dink Cumbersome? Uh, squeeze me. <laughs> Rinky Dink Cumbersome. Ronnie the Bard or something. I'm, uh, <laughs> he just locked me named. Amazing. Right. And then the last one was Are you going to be doing any more virtual open days? Yes. And I think one of the things we've learned from all of this is. If you live within 100 miles of Nottingham, our open days are fantastic. But we have a global audience. <laughs> yeah. And we had more people on a virtual open day than we did at our open day. Yeah. And, you know, I certainly, at the very least, think, well, so we've already called our next open day in April, and it's virtual. I think we've named it, I think, 4th of April, I think it is, because the UK that will be just in lockdown or coming out of lockdown with the the idea of getting 100 people in a very enclosed small space isn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, but uh, what we will for sure do even when we start doing them again, because I do like doing them, I do think it's also great for the staff, because at the moment, in customer service, all you hear is when it goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> something's not shipped or something's not happened, or people stand there packing boxes or making resin, but they never actually see the joy that yeah. our products bring. And I used to remember that, you know, when I was at GW and all that. You have to remember why we do it. We're A, lucky. B, we work hard. And C, what we do really cheers people up. Well, really, ex exactly. Really like the, the virtual, the, the, these virtual open days and stuff, it's, it's I think especially now, because people are more used to seeing things online, like, you know, doing Zoom and, and stuff like yeah. that. Um, I, I know personally that when, when we know there's a virtual open day coming up, everyone's messaging each other, are we all going to, Get on a Zoom call, but let's still watch it together. You know, we'll stream it at the same time. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's another yeah, I mean, way it's... to just enjoy collectively. Correct. Came across when we did that big battle, that big Kings of War battle. You know, people just loved hanging around for that day, listening to the banter. You know, I mean, yeah. none of us knew the bloody rules, and we we're all cheating left, right, and centre. And obviously, the dwarfs won. Rob 
Berman can shut his face, the goggles were rubbish. Uh, <laughs> proved, it doesn't make a victory. Um, and, um, but yeah, it was just, it was kind of like hanging around with your mates for a bit, you know, just seeing some toy soldiers being pushed in, some dice, but it's about that. And so, um, yeah, I, I'd love to get them going again, but we'll keep doing them virtually and we, we'll do more and more virtually because that's how we talk and our audience is global. And um, even if we have an open day, we'll have a room where we might go in the room and talk to everybody, but then the same person will go next door and do the interview next door and we'll have a scrolling live feed all day and Rob may well compare that and we'll run that out so that we talk to who can get there and also those that can't. Yeah, no, I think it's a great idea and it, it just keeps everyone involved as well. Like, so. Yeah. I, I really enjoy them. I know all my friends really enjoy them. So, yeah, it's great to hear that yeah. you're going to carry on. Okay. And I think, yeah, I think 4th of April, I'm, I'm fairly sure. I'll check now, sure. Um, I think we've got our next one coming up. April. Ah, I must have made a joke. No. I've totally either totally missed it or made it up or anything else, but um, I'll email you the date afterwards and then you can um, you can put it up in the yeah, up in the chat. yeah, brilliant. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure everyone knows, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And and the, the last the last question for me is what are you looking forward to um, in 2021? Well, I mean, we've got a lovely release schedule. You know, we're supporting Armada every couple of months. They've got something. But in most months, it's not the only thing. Yeah. So we've got Ratkin, Vanguard and Kings of War coming out, Salamanders. And the early part of the year, we're leaning quite into between, between Armada and those fantasy armies. We're doing quite a big slug for fantasy. Walking Dead may well be having the kingdom this year. Ooh. So suddenly we'll be really introducing cavalry. Yeah, and that whole story arc as well. So there'll be good fun there. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully I'm going to chat to them in the next few weeks, and hopefully a really interesting faction later on. So uh, <coughs> uh, if they let us do that, that'd be cool. And last but not least, I tell you what, I am really looking forward to outside of the releases is getting back out and meeting people, going to stores going to tournaments, going to events, having our actual open days, seeing people gaming, seeing those live streams, really looking forward to that. Because I think that's, it's a, just a very important part of our hobby. We don't yeah. do as much, we do the painting and the talking and the everything else. But I think it's, if, we, if it doesn't get done, you start to miss it. Yeah, yeah, it, really feels, like it, it feels like a core part of the hobby is, is sort of missing at the moment. And it'd be good to get back to that. Yeah, one-handed clapping, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's brilliant, Ronnie. Thanks so much for sitting down with me and, and chatting away. Um, there we go. So, yeah, as you can tell, we just lost the last bit of audio at the end when I was saying goodbye to Ronnie there. Um, but what an absolute gentleman. It was just great to chat to him. And... Um, it's just you know just a really enjoyable chat and it's really great to chat to people that are so passionate about you know what they about this hobby and, and, and things like that so um yeah so obviously apologies for the little technical error at the bottom at the end there so it's a bit of an abrupt ending but um but that was our latest episode thanks so much for taking the time to get all the way through to the end and listen to this podcast it's a great support for our little community in the middle of kent so Again, thank you all so much for taking the time to listen to us and I hope to see you again next week.